everyone welcome to my show career leadership podcast a podcast to spotlight purpose driven asian leaders making an impact and this is your host priyanka komla joining you on our 105th episode of career leadership podcast we're super excited to have a very special guest on our show but before i unveil my special guest a quick reminder to follow me priyanka komla and a career leadership podcast page on linkedin to receive your linkedin live notifications whenever we go live every sunday 1 pm eastern 10:30 pm indian standard time For the folks who are watching this on YouTube, give us a subscribe and a like. For all the podcast lovers streaming on any podcast platform anywhere around the world, please leave us a review and a rating so we know how this podcast is helping you become a better version of yourself. And now for my special guest, there you go, Sumira Khan. Hey, Sumira, welcome to the show. Thank you, Priyanka. How are you? I'm doing great so excited to be with you today and it's it's a fun sunday morning i should say for me back here in uh, washington dc and i'm so glad you're joining us from sacramento awesome i'm excited about this thank you to our live listeners who are watching this worldwide please leave you know a quick hello and the country that you're tuning in from and we have an amazing giveaway we have a free one on one with samira khan the social tech change maker So feel free to put your hat uh, put your name in the hat to win that free exclusive session with Samira. All right Samira, I'm going to introduce you to my listeners because I know you are accomplished in your own way, but hey, why not read your accomplishments back to you once? Are you ready for it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. So to our listeners, Samira Khan works at the intersection of social innovation, impact and tech at salesforce.org. She has worked across organizations, corporations, governments and the social sector for over 13 years on innovative solutions to solving some of society's greatest challenges. She's a, she's especially interested in business model innovations for good. Her work spans the Americas, Middle East and Asia. She's a former strategy management consultant and while at AT Carney in Southeast Asia, she played a lead role in starting and building its social impact organization. Well as we also know she's passionate about topics related to gender and youth empowerment towards the sustainable development goals. You know this episode is going to be special to me for two reasons. I've followed Samira's work for a very long time and I've been you know very um excited to bring her onto the show for the last few months. And the two reasons why I'm excited is one to unveil the other dimension of samira outside of her accolades you know who she is as a person as a mother as a daughter because we could relate to a lot of you know some of her life memories and the second aspect is you know some of the exciting opportunities and challenges that exist in the social and the tech space that she can share with our listeners and as a bonus we're going to understand how it is to be an asian as a woman of color as she's looking at acing these professional milestones so we're super excited to have you on the show again samira thank you so much priyanka thank you all right so let me start with this samira you know our parents play a very important role in our lives you know they they help us become who we are as we shape our identity and i know you have very fond nostalgic memories of your parents especially your dad tell us a little bit more about the impact of your dad in your life absolutely so my parents certainly had a profound impact on my life 
My father was one of my earliest and greatest co-creators, collaborators, mentors, advisors, you know, as young as sort of four or five years old. I remember I wrote my first poem with him when I was in first grade and he was right there by my side. So every school project I had, he was very hands-on always a thought partner to me. But I think the greatest thing is that he believed in endless possibilities for me from a very young age, before I had even demonstrated any success, any knack for anything. So th the fact that he believed in endless possibilities for me gave me a lot of confidence. And I kind of thought back and reflected on that and rely on that. And even today, um, he passed away in 2015. Even today, when I'm trying to make a big decision in life about my career or about something else, I often think, you know, what would my father say? What advice would he give me? I mean, he was a dreamer. He was also a writer. So although professionally he was in the finance industry when he was in college, he wrote for the papers. And one thing I love to do is write, journalistic writing, creative writing. So we also very much connected at an artistic level or on, uh, in an artistic way. And he loved to travel and travel has very much been a part of my work as well as a part of my life. So in so many ways, um, he has played a huge role in my life and influences me till this day in spirit. My mother, um, extremely hardworking, very, very loyal, extremely committed and incredibly generous. So I think my mother has done a lot for me in terms of my figuring out what my purpose is and thinking beyond just achievements and milestones and accomplishments and thinking about what am I giving back to my family? What am I giving back to my community? And staying centered in love, I think very much comes from my mother. I haven't yet sort of reached the same level she has, but she's to this day an influence in not only my life, but the life of my children as well. I'm quite sure your dad must be proud of seeing you grow and bloom into this wonderful person. Yeah, I know. He was always there just till his last days asking me, so what's your next plan? You know, what are you thinking about? And, you know, he had to learn, right? Social impact wasn't a career. It was about let's be a doctor or a lawyer or something. He had to learn about what it is that I do and kind of where sort of the sweet spot is for me. And he supported me from where I was sitting. So it was actually quite beautiful and brilliant to see that play out, especially in his um, final years. You know, that's very amazing to hear. And I'm so glad you're continuing his legacy by being a wonderful human and a mom to your kids as well. Thank you, Priyanka. All right, so we have a live listener. We have Satya who's joining us from India. Hi, Satya, welcome to the show. So let's talk about social impact. You know, that's something that I wanted to decode on this episode. How do you define social impact as a change maker, Samira? Yeah, I know that's a great question. And it does come up a lot because there are so many different related terms. But I think simply put, social impact is having a positive change on society. Each person is coming from a different place and from a different context and might define their own personal purpose differently. So it's going to manifest differently for each person. I think if you think of social impact in a corporate setting, it's also about mitigating negative harms and negative risks of industry as much as it is, 
as it is about the contribution, the positive contribution to society. So I think that's good framing to keep in mind. And in terms of as a change maker, it's really about bringing your strengths and your power to bear on a problem that you want to solve. So by strengths, I mean, you know, your relationships, your knowledge, your sort of understanding of a certain community, a certain context. And the topic could be different. It could be climate, it could be education, whatever speaks to you most, all of that to me constitutes social impact. I think similarly, corporations are also bringing their various assets to bear, their human capital, which is their people, their financial capital, their investments, their grants, etc., and their products to bear on a problem. So it's very unique to a certain situation. You know, that's very uh, uh, important, defining, you know, what sectors actually contribute to social impact. Now, what are some challenges you see in this tech space, you know, as an Asian woman, as a woman of color? Yeah, so I think the challenges in the tech space are sort of bubbling up and very much coming to the surface in some of the national and domestic conversations taking place in the U.S. Um, there is a strong sort of, I think undercurrent of, I don't wanna call them stereotypes, but assumptions that need to be broken, that women and communities need to break through. And it very much lies in narratives and storytelling. The narratives and stories we tell about particular communities and who they are and what they bring to the table and how we unpackage their history. So for example, to make it a little bit more specific as an Asian woman, Often the assumption is that I am either, you know, more quiet or I like to do certain types of work um, and that, you know, some other types of work are more for other populations or other people might do them better. So I think just bringing to life all the different types of Asian women they are, there are what they bring to the table, um, their stories, their career journeys, their histories is very important, as well as just um, people taking the time to really re-examine their own biases and getting to know people across the table. So um, I think, yeah, because I, I've noticed that in tech in particular, if you look at the highest rung of leadership, you'll see very few, let's say, Asian women. And representation does matter as younger women think about growing at that company or think, think about growing in tech. So how do we highlight those role models, for lack of better words, or those stories so that you know women think that they can do it? So I think it's both... Um, sort of the onus lies both amongst the population. So the onus lies with me and it also lies, uh, lies with others so that bridge is built between the two groups and we can kind of eliminate some of the false assumptions around women prioritizing family over career or around Asian women being sort of put together a certain way and not willing to have courageous conversations or challenge authority, et cetera. These are just some examples. You know, that's very impressive. And you brought the point that you know, building that bridge is very important. Now, when we look at your career, Samira, you have 13 plus years of experience spanning across corporations and government. What is one advice that's worked really well that you would love to give to Asian women in the tech space? I would say um, be bold is what I had thought of. Um, I think, you know, this question has come up before. I think there is a lot of holding back and it's a little bit cyclical in that, um, you know, when you're not viewed a certain way, then you hold back 
And because you hold back, you're increasingly not viewed that way and you're not given as much opportunity. So I would say be bolder than you're comfortable with. I would think that is the advice that I would give because the worst that could happen is somebody could say no or counter you or bring up a different opinion. So that would be my my main advice and to really, really push, push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Be bold. I love it. And I would reiterate to our listeners, write it down. It's a golden nugget from Samira. Now let's talk about Salesforce, which is where you've had your predominant part of your career as well. How is Salesforce contributing to social impact? Yeah, many, many different ways. That's a wonderful question. So I sit at salesforce.org, which is one of several social impact centers at Salesforce. For us, our focus is very much on this tech for social impact and tech for social change portfolio. So we have a number of products that are oriented towards social impact, either because the customer uh, is in the social sector, such as nonprofits or educational institutions, or because we are trying to deepen impact, such as with Philanthropy Cloud. And Philanthropy Cloud's main customer is a corporation, and we're helping them, corporations track volunteerism, giving, etc. So outside of that, though, Salesforce is really, truly bringing all of its assets to bear to use business as a platform for change. So we have an impact fund that sits under Salesforce Ventures that invests in a number of areas, you know, education, workforce development, tech for change, etc. We have a global philanthropy and engagement arm that does grant making in education and workforce development. We have relationships with key intergovernmental organizations, um, as such as the World Economic Forum as well. So we have these different pockets of social impact and we're really trying to inspire our employees to give back. So huge focus on citizen philanthropy. We get you know, a certain number of days of paid leave to just volunteer. So we bring our human capital to bear. I already mentioned some of the financial capital elements. I mentioned the product and then the culture, the culture which wraps around the entire sort of infrastructure that is um, giving back and trying to make the world's a better place. So a lot of messaging from leadership and the culture flows top down as well as bottoms up. The three things that really stood out distinctly for me, Samira, as you spoke about philanthropy at Salesforce is one is the culture and two, it's the human capital because people also need to be interested in you know volunteering and spreading that philanthropic mindset across the organization. And three, it's it's the leadership, you know, the top-down approach or the bottom-up approach, whichever way you look at it, leadership at several different levels. Those are the three things that I see are very important for corporate organizations. You know, having worked at Salesforce, what advice would you have for you know other C-suite leaders, CEOs on, you know, creating such a such a culture within their organizations and focusing on philanthropy apart from you know the bottom line revenues and the metrics and uh, you know doing things that please your shareholders. Yeah, that's a very insightful question. And, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot in terms of do we attract a certain kind of talent and are they building the culture? Or is it that, you know, um, that it's because of the leadership that people who come to Salesforce then become more oriented? It's certainly a dynamic relationship. And first of all, I'd like to definitely share that social impact has very much been a part of Salesforce's history. So even when Salesforce was founded, there was this notion of putting aside 1% of our equity for social good. And very early in Salesforce's history, this 111 model developed where we're giving 1% of our equity, 1% of our 
people's time and 1% of our product is social good. So I would encourage leaders to think about building social impact into their model very early. It is not an afterthought. Corporate social responsibility doesn't come later at a certain point of scale. It should really be built into the model and should leverage the strengths of whatever that corporation is, the industry in which they play. That's super important. Um, I do think this culture of allowing or creating space for employees to self-organize, to you know go after causes, to share their thoughts, all of that sort of democratization of impact within a corporation is very important. And increasingly so, I see leaders not just looking at their financial scorecard, but also looking at metrics that speak to social impact, whether it's around diversity and inclusion or it's around other sort of areas like carbon footprint, etc. So I think having that notion of sort of building it into your business model and looking at business value from as something beyond profit is very, very important. And I'm seeing it more and more. So that's where my answer lies. So what is one thing that you love about working for Salesforce that attracted you in the first place? Yeah, um, excuse me. <clears throat> Definitely the commitment to social impact, but I think more than that, the way it manifests. So really this the, the cultural element. Um, it is like you can feel it in everything sort of around uh, around .org and around Salesforce. So it's not just in the reports. It's really hard to capture. It's like it's like a feeling where you're constantly riding a wave of doing good. It's, we have these leading through change series where we'll see brilliant speakers kind of talk about their impact. We will be engaged with the community. So I'd say that is a huge driver, our level of engagement with the community. People, you know, um, our, our people just going out there, volunteering, lifting up and elevating the voices of our customers who work in social impact, elevating their stories, getting other people rallied around causes. So there's just such a high level of energy around making society and the world around us better and giving back. And it's so interconnected. I think that culture and that community engagement and connection it is just very, very exciting. And it's it's not just in the papers, it's not just in the events, it's ever present and ever constant in my life um, through my job, which is something I absolutely love. That's very interesting to hear, Samira, especially when organizations are positioning themselves uniquely in terms of giving back to the society. We need more of these corporate organizations in America and I'm so glad uh, you're part of this culture. Yeah, it's super exciting to see some of the some other organizations go there as well. And I love when I hear entrepreneurs who are just starting to build their business thinking about social impact. That is one of the most exciting things to me because I can only imagine what happens as they scale. So it's very much a part of our DNA. And I would say I'd recommend other entrepreneurs also think of it as a part of a, a company's DNA. You know, exactly. Because people think about corporate social responsibility more like... Uh, as an afterthought, you know, it's something that you position yourself very well, you do well from a financial score standpoint, and then you're like, hey, let's add CSR, part of the agenda somewhere to, to make sure we're part of that race as well. Yeah, exactly. So let me pivot a little bit into your personal space, and I'm going to wear the hat of your dad for a quick moment. If I'm going to ask you, what is Samira Khan going to do in the next three to five years, how would you answer that? 
Wow, that is the big question these days. Um, uh, yeah, so I have a, an entrepreneurial streak for sure. I don't know if it's entrepreneurial yet because I've only tested it in the entrepreneurial capacity. Um, there's a lot of emphasis um, on change makers in my work. So I'm very interested in empowering not just organizations and businesses and communities, but the individual change maker in some of the most marginalized communities and empowering them by increasing their quality of life. So their access to employment, economic pathways, as well as education and their overall sort of health and how they contribute and give back to society. I think that, you know, social impact isn't only the monopoly of big brands. It's not only the monopoly of certain communities or certain geographies. It is our shared future. And there's something very key about the sustainable development goals about social impact, which is rooted in this notion for all. We must think about for all to have sort of a sustainable future that is, um, you know, that honors, that honors all human life. So I think there's a lot of work to be done around empowerment and human rights. So I want to find a way, whether internally through something entrepreneurial or um, sort of externally to really uh, do that, to give back and empower the individual. I think some of the key levers of change include social entrepreneurship, include unique ways of financing entrepreneurs, sort of this venture capital, venture philanthropy space, includes um, connecting entrepreneurs, working on relevant problems to one another and systems change. So there's different levers that could be pulled. I think I'm still figuring out, given my strengths, my background, how other people see me, which lever I'm going to pull, but it is this notion of the individual change maker, um, their, their sort of quality of life and shifting everyone's mindsets so that we are really thinking about the world in terms of for all and human rights and each life is sort of equally important. Um, there are many marginalized communities that don't even make it to mainstream media in terms of their problem. I mean, problems, the Uyghurs, for example, in China, that's an example. I mean, it's, it's for me, it's some form of genocide that's not sort of elevating to a certain level. So how do I really be the champion given all I've been sort of lucky to have to represent some of those really marginalized communities that people don't look at? Is it no, that's yes, it is. It's it's always nice to hear, you know, what the the long term, the short term plans are for my guests, especially. Now, let me ask you this, Samira. You know, as a mother of three little daughters, what advice would you give to them as they're growing up to be the best versions of themselves? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. Um, you know, part of it relates to the other question you asked is where do I see myself in three to five years? Um, I really like your question because I think we need more role models and we need to elevate female change makers who are absolutely changing society today. Some are very much known and some are less known. They're like literally embedded in the communities. So how do we elevate their stories? I mean, they are our heroes but maybe not recognized that way so that is something that i want to work into my three to five year plan sort of just taking a step back um, to answer your specific question um i just am very focused on trying to figure out what they're passionate about and encouraging them 
Um, so it's not a short answer, but encouraging them to do whatever they're most passionate about, just like I had the opportunity from my father to a certain point, to a certain point, um, to, to do whatever I'm most passionate about. So I really just, uh, I want them to be fearless. I want them to dig into their passion and I want them to take more risks. I think females can be more risk averse because of circumstances, because of society, because of culture. So I would say it's along the lines of being bold, you know, digging into your passion and taking risks earlier than I did, let's say. You know, those are three amazing, um, you know, nuggets, which I'm quite sure the kids, as they continue to grow, will feel very proud about your mom. I'll say I'm learning from them too. You know, I think children these days are um, just very empathetic and attuned to the environment. Like they will say, you know, why are we using plastic? And these are not things I've taught them. I think we're also kind of, some children are growing up in a different society or the world. There's, you know, there's this notion of youth change makers. I mean, my children are very young, but they still talk about the environment differently than I did as a child. They do care about what is just, what is fair. Um, you know, and empathy is very much becoming a part of school curriculum. So I think there's an interesting shift happening in the education system as well that is certainly a bright spot. You know, exactly. I couldn't agree more. And you see the kids are more emotionally intelligent. Uh, you know, you don't have to, you know, literally explain too much about, you know, you know what's happening around you. They're very observant and they're quick to adapt, uh, which, which feels like, hey, you know, we need to grow up as fast as they're growing and catching up with them sometimes. Yeah, true, true. So let me ask you this, Samira. You know, you've had a very successful career and thanks for sharing your short-term strategy for the next three to five years. But how do you handle low moments in life when things don't go the way you expect it to be? Yeah, um, so, the, you know, it depends on how low the moment is. Um, if it's just a, a challenge that I'm facing um, that's more near term, that is solvable, I will try to obviously just dig in and, you know, focus on that. But, you know, um, generally I'll turn to the arts. Music is one. Um, up and coming artists, I get very inspired by up and coming musicians. Um, you know, there's this new app, Clubhouse, and there's all these up and coming musicians sharing their new music. And so I'm inspired by hope and sort of dreams and the arts in particular. So visual arts, music, a lot of music, all kinds of music. I would say that's the main way. I kind of just turn to the arts. You know, I agree with that because as STEM professionals, uh, you know, it's it's STEAM, right? You have science, technology, engineering, art and math. And, you know, art and humanities really help you become a better person in terms of, uh, you know, how we look at situations in life. Yeah, definitely. Different perspective. I know. So we have a fun rapid fire round for you. Are you ready for it? I think so. Yes. All right. So you tell us the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following and in one word. Role model? Leila Jana. You know, you're the second person who's actually mentioned her name. Really? Mm -hmm. I had another guest, Salima Villani, who's also an innovator. Yeah. And her role model was uh, Leila as well. Yeah. I know it's a one word. Uh, I, I could speak about that, but it, it's a one word sort of fire, rapid fire thing. So I won't go into it. But that's interesting sure. to me. What does happiness mean to you? 
Loving and being loved, so love. How do you define success? Oh gosh. Um, it's gonna sound cliched, but living in your living in your truth. What is one fun thing about Samira that's exclusive to our listeners? <laughs> yeah. Um, so back in the day, I wanted to be uh, in drama, like like Pakistani drama serials or etc. And I didn't really pursue it, but that was something I had. And I was also scouted for a few Indian pageants way back in the day. So this was like 12 years ago. Yeah, that's very impressive. See, you could have had another career. I mean, it's not too late. <laughs> what is your native language in one word to describe yourself in it? Um, so my native language is English, and I didn't um, realize I had to choose an English word. I know you had mentioned that this might come up. So kintsugi is actually the word that I would um, that resonates with me, and it's a Japanese word. Um, happy to explain it. Should I explain it? Sure, you should. Yeah. So it's when basically pottery is broken and it is rebound with gold. And even it's the notion that even broken pottery can look beautiful. So I think I'm constantly in this mode of breaking and repairing myself. But with each sort of event, I'm getting stronger and stronger. I don't know about more beautiful, but stronger and stronger. So that's how I like to view sort of my life to date. And can you say that word again for us? It's kintsugi. I don't know kintsugi. if I'm. Yeah, K I N T S U G I. So I might not even be pronouncing it correctly, but I've seen it all over, and I think it's just such a beautiful concept. You know, that's something that I've learned today, um, and that's a wonderful analogy. I think that brings the artistic person in you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Samira. We have some closing thoughts from our listeners. We have Satya who says. Very interesting and impressive interview. Keep it up. Thank you, Satya. Thanks for hanging out with us. Samira, what are the parting thoughts you have for our listeners today? Yeah, I, I really, really want to stress upon this point of being bold. I think we're in certain challenging times today, and we need to start to step out of our comfort zones. So I am doing everything I can to really be bold and stand up for populations and people that I think need a voice. So I would say use your voice and be and be bold. And I think that will help you live in your truth. At least it's helped me. So that's all I have to share. Thank you so much, Priyanka. Thank you, Samira. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. And the call to action that we have for our listeners is to subscribe to our Career Leadership YouTube channel. Do you have something to add there, Samira? Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to do that at the at the very end because um, I really love the way Priyanka is elevating Asian voices. So I would encourage you to subscribe, check out her episodes. And Priyanka, I do have a question for you. Maybe not in this form, but maybe a different form. What's inspired you to you know um, create this series? Because it's a super exciting series. Thank you so much, Samira. <laughs> Thank you so much, Samira, for kind words. You know, I've never shared it with our listeners as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, but just as a, a quick sneak peek, hopefully I think I should delve into this a little bit deeper. But for me, Samira, you know, being part of the Washington, D.C. tech space, you know, I felt there's always a vacuum to spotlight 
Asian stories. And I got this idea almost like two years ago. And then one day I decided my, I looked at my strengths, just like you mentioned. One was my, my love for being very curious about people. You know, that's something that I've always been doing. And the second aspect is uh, my love for being a storyteller. I've been a storyteller since the age of five when I started talking about what an airplane means. So uh, I have a, I have a history <laughs> of being on stage since uh, the age of five for the last quarter century or more, I should say. And the third aspect is, you know, amplifying Asian voices, as you can see, you know, a lot of global societal issues that are happening, bringing in more stories, especially of budding entrepreneurs, budding leaders, uh, you know, that gives them more confidence about their stories worth sharing. And I think that serves as a role model for a lot of other Asians in the diaspora as well. So those are the three main reasons why I do what I do. And I enjoy those medium, I think, as a as a storyteller, as a distinguished Toastmaster, podcasting is just a perfect platform for me to meet my wonderful uh, family of listeners across the globe. Thank you for your kind words. Yeah, I love it. So please subscribe. And I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes and looking at future episodes as well or listening to. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, that was Samira Khan, social tech change maker at Salesforce. And I hope you are inspired by the work she has been doing so far and you look at her as a role model for the Asian diaspora. Three takeaways on this episode 105 with Samira Khan, social tech change maker. One, be bold. Two, look at your STEM profession from an arts perspective. And that's a beautiful way in which she talked about the Japanese pottery example. You know, you look at broken pottery, uh, from a sense that not it's just that it's broken, but look at the strength it has to reincarnate itself. And three, social impact is our shared future. And it's time for every corporate organization in America to look beyond its financial scorecard and think about how they are using philanthropy to make the society a better place. Thank you so much, Samira, for your time and for hanging out with us on a Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. We'll be live again next Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 p.m. Indian Standard Time every Sunday. And we have an interesting guest, Stephen Kong, who's the CEO of Kura Kabi, who's going to join us next week as well. So stay tuned and subscribe to our Career Leadership Podcast page on YouTube if you're watching us there. To all our LinkedIn family members, give us a like and follow me, Priyanka Komla, and our Career Leadership Podcast page on LinkedIn. To our podcast lovers, give us a review and a rating so we know that this podcast has helped us become a better version of yourself and i have a quick shout out for our streaming partners on this special episode uh, thank you restream for partnering with us and we love the wonderful streaming that's happened with our colorful graphics so it was just a pleasure trying out a new technology too thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of the day